Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bros Pod is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Everybody, uh, welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, we're here, uh, not so much at an undisclosed location. We're here on Martha's Vineyard. We, we told you uh, our last broadcast. We threatened that we'd be up here being bourgeois and all that. Uh, so here we are on Martha's Vineyard in the Oak Bluffs Library. Uh, and actually, Jamal is here too. We're actually in the same space. Same library, different rooms. Jamal, what's up? What's up, Bill? What's going on? Good to see you here on, on Martha's Vineyard. I'm glad you, uh, you know, we talked about how you would make it down here last week, and it seems like everything went well. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yes. yeah knock on wood. Um, you know, uh, got the Woods Hole okay, stayed overnight. First time I'd ever done that, stayed in Woods Hole, so I would have to, like, drive five hours to catch the ferry. Um, yeah, but anyway, at enough midnight. at midnight. Yeah, enough Enough of those first world problems. So we're here uh, with, with a special guest, great friend, uh, author, great journalist. Uh, we've known each other for, for decades, um, the great David Steele. And um, he wrote a book, you know, actually he was on the show maybe about a month or so ago, right? A month and a half ago, yeah. Um, uh, his book is "It Was Always a Choice: Picking Up the Baton of Athlete Activism." Uh, David Steele, what's happening? I'm, first of all, I can't believe you had the, the great fortune to be in the same place at the same time. You promised you would be there when I put the word out about yeah. our little get to get, get together little uh, book event uh, up here on Martha's Vineyard. You said, "Hey, I'll be here." And uh, here you are. You thought I was and just now, saying something. I thought you were just being, being nice, <laughs> being, being given that vir- good virtual support. I, and I appreciated all of it. And here you are in your physical form. And uh, we're here in this uh, beautiful library as well and, and on your podcast. So I really appreciate that. One. Yeah. Glad, 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 glad to be here. Yeah. So what? what's the, I think, like I said, we had you on the show. Well, anyway, you were here because you were at uh, Cousin Roses yeah. uh, doing a nice book signing at Cousin Roses. The... Uh, historic and legendary uh, art gallery uh, uh, in Oak Bluffs and Martha's Vineyard. And uh, it was very, it was a very nice event. Saw a lot of friends uh, there, uh, Michelle Grajanois, who I worked with at the Baltimore Sun. And I met her two sisters who I did not know. Uh, and one of her sisters is, uh, is uh, you've hired as your publicity person, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, she is my uh, publicist. She's my publicist. She's done tremendous work. She set everything up uh, here at Cousin Roses. 
Uh, and she is married to my second cousin as well. So we're all family. And uh, I'm incredibly lucky to be able to keep something like this in the family. And also incredibly lucky to have somebody as great as she is and as smart and connected as she is to be able to be up at this. Because as you were talking about coming up here and experiencing this, you know, we've never done it without, you know, knowing uh, knowing my cousin David and, uh, and Joan and uh, making this possible. So this has been really a fantastic experience all around. Right. And you flew here. I did. A KG, a KG veteran. I've heard many fairy stories. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, about this. One of these days, I'll probably right. It's not Peter Pan, but that's <laughs> fine. Uh, so I, I know uh, you, 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 we got here because you're catching a, your flight back to uh, the city. But how's it been? What's what's been the uh, since since we had you on maybe a month and a half, maybe two months ago? How's it been going? How's the how's the response to the book? Uh, how you know? I, I think you've been notice for for some awards and all that so i think it's been going yeah it's it's gotten a very positive response and it's been really gratifying uh it's actually been out for about a year it came out uh, last summer of uh, 2022 uh uh the people who have uh, who have seen it you know we've done a lot of work to make sure the word gets out about it um just because the you know the timing of it is is, is what it is and just the, the times that we're in make it a really sort of compelling story and uh, as more people have gotten gotten to know about it, you know, I've sort of gotten you know more attention. I was at uh, the NABJ convention a couple yeah, of weeks ago yeah. in Birmingham, and uh, part of the Author Showcase, which was a tremendous Great. experience for me. Uh, you know, to be in that yeah. in the same uh, category in, in that atmosphere with everybody else uh, that was there. Jamal Hill was there, uh, uh, so a lot of the other really outstanding authors and. Uh, you do the one-on-one -on -one interviews with David Aldridge, mm. you know, our old friend. Yeah. So it goes yeah. back a long, long time. Uh, he had, a, he's the one who conducted the conversation with me. So that was, uh, that was really something. And uh, got a certificate out of it. You know, I'm one of the NABJ's outstanding authors of, of, of 2023. Great. And, uh, you know, people really grab onto the story and the conversation that surrounds it every time that I get a chance to talk about it is really engaging. And it, it happened again at Cousin Rose's. Yeah. Uh, you know, the people who came up and talked about, you know, their perception of the book and their their, their interactions with the sort of stories and, and thoughts and and, uh, and and themes and plots uh, of the book uh, were really pretty captivating enough. That's like, well, I could make a second book just based on what you all are saying about it and how you you know how, how you've experienced it over there. Yeah. So what? That, that's always curious. So what would the sequel be? I mean, one of the things we didn't get into it then, but part of my sense is that. The movement is almost dead uh, when you compare to, you know, at the height of it, 2020, kneeling and all that, and brothers yesterday about uh, Jenkins. Okay. To me, I almost trace it, trace the, the quote death, and you, you could push back on accepted something like the 3035 from, from the owners. And the next day, basically said, we're done kneeling because of, of whatever. And I, I kind of almost traced it. I say dead because I'm like, look at it. Ain't nobody kneeling. Ain't nobody raising their fist. Everybody seems happy, you know. And uh, so, so for your, your, your reaction to that. Yeah, I think we would have to really search really hard to find traces of, of where people 
picked up what was going on, you know, about three years ago and carried it down the line and, and, and kept it going. Because, yeah, a lot of people really just kind of kind of let it go. They were, I mean, what you described, I mean, I don't know if they, if saying they were bought out is too strong. I mean, I think it's, <laughs> it's we're pretty of, much in that yeah, It's kind of really. in, that, in the cathedral. <laughs> you can't exactly rule it out. Right. Yeah, and that was part of, I mean, as I was, you know, as, as I was writing it and as we're getting closer to uh, the publication and some time was uh, passing since that summer. Of, of 2020, you know, the thought process was, you know, well, is this really going to continue? What are the forces uh, that are uh, affecting it now and, you know, either pushing it forward or, or or putting a stop to it? And that was really one of them, the fact that the players really kind of gave in. You know, they said, well, we, we have a lot of, you know, causes that we want to, you know, handle, but, you know, do are we going to trade off uh, the really meaningful Actions that that a lot of us, a lot of athletes, taking the Colin Catholics and all the people over those couple of years were doing the things that they're kneeling and raising their fists and saying, "We're going to boycott this. We're going to go. We're going to strike against that. You know, we're going to really use our voices, use our platform, use the power that we now know. We've shown everybody we have this power. You know, how are we going to use it?" And they kind of decided, "Well, we're just going to do a little of this, a little of that. We'll, you know, <laughs> right. we'll get you know, we'll get bring in Jay Z. We'll have a nice halftime show." And speaking and then, of Jay Z, right, that was uh, another one. Right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think that may have been the precursor <laughs> to uh, right with, with Jay Z. Yeah. Say we're done with dealing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, then he became the czar of the black halftime show. He became the curator, the gatekeeper. All right, now I'm here, y'all can now, yeah. Which is really wild because for a couple of years, there, you know, uh, you know, after you know, we 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 Kaepernick had really sort of gotten the movement going. There were a number of performers who were refusing right. Right. to perform for anything NFL for the, right. the halftime show, exactly. for the Super Bowl, and all those things. And that was a meaningful thing for them. That was like a statement that was like, you know, who were you if you weren't turning down the NFL? Exactly. Because <laughs> sheep, <laughs> radical sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so my, yeah. My question, my question is along those lines, you know, was, was anything accomplished? Now it's like, that, yeah, that's, that's the question. I mean, where, where are we now? Right. I mean, we literally are, you know, are, are, are recording this the day after, Trump got indicted and, you know, there's this whole, you know, we saw what he did, what he instigated, what people are doing on his behalf. And these are things that all those athletes supposedly were fighting for a few years ago. And, you know, where are they now? This, you know, if, if there was ever a time that their voices were really needed, you know, this would be it. I mean, again, we, I know we all sort of end up circling back to 1968. <laughs> and though those times, you know, and everything that was going on and, what, and how people put themselves really truly on the line. You know, not just their careers, but their their, their lives right. on the line for these kind of causes. You know, you ask yourself, okay, is that what's still necessary? And you sort of come to the conclusion, well, it kind of feels like it is. Right. And then you say, well, who's out there doing it? Right. Nobody really is. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the the, the there, there's so many questions because I was really thinking where to your where are we now? And I guess. Uh, I was having this conversation with an editor the other day at Anscape. Vet, think about you, some way in that, you know. And, and I don't know. Maybe I, I've been thinking about this more since the New York Times. What I used to know as the New York Times Sports Department was basically outsourced 
for the athletic. Uh, hey, I was thinking about everything from how we cover sports. You know, I mean, how we cover sports uh, in 2023. Uh, you know, columnists, is sports, is it really that important? And I guess my question, maybe the more tangible question is, going up into this new election cycle, how do we integrate sports into what's going to be a dynamic political discussion? Because, you know, a lot of times time like this, we have, we're over here. We kind of sit, we kind of sit in the sideline. But I'm wondering how do we integrate sports and the stuff that you wrote about back into the general conversation? Yeah, it's it's really fascinating because, you know, on the one hand, we do have the athletes who were sort of looking at it, like, okay, when are you all going to use your voice? But right. say, you know, that would obviously, if they do start speaking and acting and, 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 and you know, taking, taking the initiative, right. you know, we would obviously have an obligation to cover it. Well, at least it would seem that way. Right. That that's what uh, that, that's what our job would be as 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 journalists. But at the same time, who who would those journalists be that would do that? And, you, right. you mentioned the Times. It's like you know the you know you you know you were columnist. All those all those columnists that were there. Kurt Streeter, Kurt Streeter, who's there Kurt, now. It's like well, well he, he's not. Well, he ain't there. Right. right. He's doing every national stuff. So yeah, right. they 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 Grant the He would be one of those voices. Are there those type of voices at the at the athletic? They, they're not set up that way. Yeah. Know, do they have real columnists who would do the things that that you did, what I did, what you know? So the people that that, that we that we've known right. all our lives, you know, who who are those uh, voices? Are they going to be the ones to speak out? We see right. all the things going on. Do you see many outlets, publications, newspapers, whatever, however you would characterize any of them? Are any of them stepping out and taking the initiative and saying? You know, here's what's going on. What are y'all going to do about it? Who's going to speak out about it? Who's going to use this platform? I mean, just the way the whole uh, the whole the whole landscape has has come, including landscape. You know, they're, right. they're, you know they they they've got a big platform too. They got maybe the biggest megaphone of ever. <laughs> you know, are they going to step into that void and and do that? You know, I don't know how to answer that question. I just sort of know what I see out right. there, and it's you, you know. Outside of literally a handful of people, there aren't any people. So, 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 what are the issues? I mean, I guess we could argue that, but if you are a Mel if you're an athlete in 2023, you know, when George Floyd gets murdered and all that, you know, I mean, that's right. very concrete and tangible. So, what are what, what are the, the the hot button issues now? If you're going to become uh, become involved in the political discourse, what are the issues? And, and I guess that's the challenge. You know what was what was interesting about 2020, and, and so many things came to the surface in the wake of that. Everyone was, you know, everyone was told, "Okay, we got to rethink everything. Right. We have to, you know, we we can't go back to normal. We can't. Right. We have to create a new normal." Right. And so that's you know, a lot of these athletes, a lot of these sports in, in, in general, and they drag their sports and their bosses and their owners and the, the leagues along with them, like voters, you know, uh, voter registration. Right. Voter right. support issues, right. jumping on board and you know supporting what what, what Stacey Abrams was doing, yeah. um, uh, the WNBA just kicking you know the owner out to the street, yeah, right. and then you know kicking her out of the Senate and then replacing <laughs> her with Raphael Warnock. You know that was incredible activism by you know by by athletes, and you know a lot of them had to like sort of drag their their fellow athletes into it. The things the Bucks did, you know, said okay, well, we're going to change right. this, and change that. You know, and it's funny you mentioned the uh, Malcolm Jenkins and the Player Coalition. You know, they were sort of on the 
you know, on, on that edge as well until they kind of just said, well, we want to just make sure police get enough, you know, training or whatever it is. They right. Decided they liked exactly. <laughs> 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 you know, but I mean, these are sort of things that I think they they have to understand what, you know, how they collectively connect with with everybody else. Right. I mean, again, to sort of go back to the old days, it's like, look, everybody was like struggling with housing and jobs and discrimination and police brutality and things like that. And so every, all the athletes could connect with that and right. say, yeah, we're speaking on your behalf. Right. Like, right. Can yeah. they do that now? It's like, yeah, they can. You know, will they? Right. Is there a galvanizing thing? Go ahead. Right. And, we, and we have another election coming up right now. You, you guys mentioned that. I mean, obviously, that's a big thing. It's almost it's crazy that it's it's right here already. It feels like just yesterday where, you know, we had to deal with that and we have the same exact situation coming around again. And that was a lot of, you know, LeBron James spearheaded a lot of that in terms of the voting. I wonder if NFL players, you know, would ever get on board with that. One other thing with the NFL, you know, when you were trying to figure out, you know, what issues they're trying to tackle now or if any of this is ongoing from a couple of years ago, but an interesting issue from, you know, over the summer was this whole guaranteed contract deal with Lamar Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson. And I know that's, you know, it's a sports issue, but you know, all these guys are, you know, the black guys carrying the sport and trying to secure the bag. <laughs> as, as right. they say. So um, I wonder if, and then and it seemed like, you know, people backed off of that. Like, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't win that battle, uh, you don't really hear people talking about that anymore. Uh, do you do you kind of can you see that issue as as an issue that should be, you know, taken a little more seriously? You know, that, that was interesting because that was one that got a lot of people who are not, you know, diehard Ravens fans, right. say, you know, really rallying behind him and sort of grasping the the, the <coughs> big the con how broad the concept was. It's like, how do you go out there and get what you deserve? How do you right. not let this sport mistreat and exploit you right. how do we not you know send these men into in, into this battle and not you know compensate them the way they should but yeah as soon as he got his contract and this is nothing against him or even the, the, the players directly around him it died immediately. Yeah, immediately everyone just dropped it right immediately know? yeah yeah now, now one thing i think would be interesting and I, and I always sort of it's always sort of bubbles up after i sort of get going a little bit right. talk about who would do it now the college athletes are probably going to be the ones mm. when you think about because it. it's just a, a myriad of, of, of issues that they're facing right. right now from all the NIL stuff, from uh, how they're class, whether they're classified as employees, whether they're ever going to get compensated at all with all this TV money being thrown, and especially, you know, schools are leaping conferences for billions of dollars at a time. Right. You know, they're like hazing kids at a bunch of places. You know, we, we heard about Northwestern, but you know, they're not the only ones. You know, exactly how exploited are we going to allow these colleges? You know, how, right. how much are we going to let them get away with? That right. Kind of thing? right. And right. are they going to, you know, speak up just, and that's strictly on behalf of themselves as college athletes. Right. As, now it's a general cause, just right. personal yeah. interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. Now, even on a broader scale, now I, there's been little talk here and there about, hey, maybe these, you know, as we see these states, Put in these these you know laws where they're you know banning Black history, yeah, you know, being right. abusive to women, being abusive right. to trans uh, yeah. students yeah. and people. You know, do you stop sending these kids to University of Florida, Florida State, 
right. LSU, right. Uh, University of Arkansas. I mean, if the governor could sit up there and make a speech about how, you know, black history is a lie and we're not going to teach indoctrination yeah. and, you know, it's a communist plot and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you say, well, you know, that, okay, well, we've heard your side, but now we're not going to send in players to play basketball and football for right. University of Arkansas. What, what do you think of that? The next yeah. thing, like 2025 or so, they got an all-white team. And, and, some, people, <laughs> and the friend, some people, you know, would be very cool with that. They, yeah. I think they're – Not in the win-loss column. Not in the win-loss column. They wouldn't be – Yeah, yeah, but if everybody's playing with Epsos, you know, mm, right. we'll all play with Epsos. We just don't want you playing with a Ferrari, and we're playing with Epsos. But if mm. everybody's playing with it, we go back to, like, 1966, you know. Because, I mean, I think a lot of times people – and it this kind of goes into the whole thing of the history of the movement. You know, some people think that people really like this. That this, they like the fact that the NFL is like seventy percent of the players are black. Well, the NBA, you know, eighty percent of the players are black, and and the big time college football that is predominantly black. But a lot of people do not like that. They tolerate it because they just have like Ole Miss in Alabama. We don't like you, but we like Ole Miss in Alabama. You know, so I guess it all gets back to me asking you. Where the fuck are we? Just one last question. We got to uh, let uh, David get to the airport. Um, where are you going from here, and what's the next book? <laughs> I wish I had, a, had a, an answer for that. And, and, but, you know, getting a chance to go around and uh, uh, get to meet everybody and talk about the, the book and everything, it yeah. does make you think that whatever I do next will really be yeah. like sort of a continuation or right. an extension of this and really examine literally the questions that we're talking about. It's like right. really what's going on right. right now, you know, you know, and I've sort of laid out sort of the, the, the historical threads and where the connections came from and things like that. You know, it's been, you know, good to sort of lay that out. It's like, okay, now that we've gotten to this point, you know, three years after everything was sort of rooted in, right. in, 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 in the, in the book that's, uh, that's out now, but it's all a choice. It's like, where are they? What have they done since then? Who are they, who should we look to? You know, who is going to be bold enough to stand up? And, and it's a really crucial element of the book. Who has made a choice? Right. Who has made a choice to stay on the sidelines, yeah. to protect the status quo, to protect what they have, to hide, sort of crouch down in the corner, try not to get noticed and try not to get involved, which, again, that was still the majority of the ethics, you know, throughout history. You know, they didn't want to stand with Jackie Robinson. Right. They didn't want to stand right. with, you know, Jack Johnson and, uh, and, and, you know, Tommy and John and, right. and all of them, you know, they're like, just, you know, leave me out of it, do what you need to right. do, don't drag me into it. Let me live my life. Exactly. You know, for whatever that's worth. So, yeah, you know, that may, you know, who are the ones that are out here who are able to do that, who can do that, probably should do that, you know, why aren't they doing it? So. All right. Well, that's great. Well, we can't wait for the sequel, you know, for all of our books. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of. Yeah, I know. I know. At that point, yeah, I know. Shut it down. Uh, so, look, the book is It Was Always a Choice Picking Up the Baton of Athlete Activism. The author is a great Dave Steele. Uh, support it, buy it. Um, if you bought it, buy it again, give it as a gift. Uh, and, um, Dave, it's been a pleasure. It's always great hearing you talk and, uh, you know, catch the plane. <laughs> Yes. All right. Hey, thanks, so Thanks so much for making time. Thanks for that. As always, man. So, hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. It's been great. Uh, thanks again to David Steele. It was always a choice picking up the baton of athletic activism.
I thought I was gonna be picking picking up the pieces <laughs> of the revolution. Yeah. That's the sequel. The next time I'm picking up the pieces. <laughs> All right, everybody, listen. Continue to stay safe. They say there's a rise in the coronavirus, so wear the mask. We're not, but you know, whenever there's another vaccine, get it and continue to pray. God bless. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube